Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com I'm a feminist. But when I was interviewing Susie Orbach, author of Fat is a Feminist Issue, for a BBC radio show about beauty, I went into a high street plastic surgeon while she waited out the front to see as if she had claimed they would use the language of empowerment and was secretly delighted when the doctor told me no surgeon would give me an eye lift because I didn't have a problem. (laughs) I did not admit that to Susie Orbach. (laughs) I hope she is not listening. You are listening, Susie. You're back. I'm sorry. But do you want to be a guest on the Guilty Feminist? Yeah. I am a feminist, but today I have a wound on my hand because I shaved my knuckles. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but for about five years, I honestly thought the feminine mystique was a famous perfume from the 1960s. Like Chanel Number no. 5, and not a seminal book by Betty Friedan, credited with instigating second-wave feminism. I'm a feminist, but when a man stopped me on a plane and said, aren't you the former mayor of Køge, which is a small town in Denmark that I am, to my knowledge, not the mayor of, <laughs> nor have I ever been the, the mayor of Køge, I answered, no, sorry. <laughs> Sorry that I never governed Kuya. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing it's, I've ever apologized for. I'm, I'm mayor's in Denmark, really young. I hope so. <laughs> I fucking hope so. We need to look up what the mayor of Kuya looks like. I will Google it. I'm a feminist, but once, when I was in a university tutorial and my tutor asked me what I thought of the feminine mystique in relation to Sylvia Plath, I asked. Did she wear it? (laughs) And that is how I found out it was not a perfume, but a seminal feminist text. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but I couldn't think of more of these. I'm a feminist, but... And my immediate thought was, oh, now I'm the perfect feminist. (laughs) And then the next thought I had was, oh, I'll never find a boyfriend. (laughs) 
then what? I wrote it down so we're cool guys. <laughs> what? Why would you never find a boyfriend? The perfect feminist. Doesn't sound like... Well, we'll get into that. Doesn't sound like that. I'm going to ask the men in the audience to close their eyes. Only the single ones. We don't want more of those. Oh, I date you. Are you single? No. <laughs> that, ha that, ten that tends to happen, and it hurts me every single time. Yeah, that did happen a lot in Manchester, actually. We were in Manchester last <laughs> night. The guy was like, take off your clothes. I was like, are you single? Because that's my response to being sexually assaulted. <laughs> and he was like, no, that's my wife. I was like, oh, fuck that, that actually did happen. from the Museum of Comedy in London. The Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with Sophie Hagen and Deborah Francis-White. Tonight's special guest, Roisin Panati, talking about dating. This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as feminists and our hypocrisies and insecurities that undermine them. The topic we have today is dating. What was your challenge? <laughs> um, we shouldn't have made the script it might sound scripted <laughs> yeah um, do, do, you, do you want to say that again more lightly what's or? a chance bro <laughs> do uh, it <laughs> well I am married and uh, so this was a difficult challenge for me but I worked through it um, I so I said to my husband Tom you know I've got to do a dating challenge and he said okay so why don't we both go on tinder And we were in a hotel room last night in Manchester because we were up there doing The Guilty Feminist. And he said, I'll go down to the bar and you stay up here and then we'll see if we're a match on Tinder. And I'm like, well, I think the way it works is if we both swipe right on each other, we are a match. <laughs> and uh, so he said, well, well, let's see if we come up and, you know, let's just see how it goes. So um, I go on Tinder, he goes on Tinder and I'm swiping right and swiping left. And uh, a chap comes up, not my husband, called Tony. And he starts saying, hey, and what are you doing in Manchester? And so I start chatting to him. Then another chap comes up and his name's Bob. And start, I start chatting to Tony and Bob. And then my husband Tom comes up. So I start chatting to him and he's like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm just in Manchester doing a show. He's like, oh, that's really cool. And I said, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I was seeing some friends, but then I missed the last train home. So, yeah, he starts doing this whole scenario. <laughs> Like, like, in, like in Modern Family. And I'm like, oh, that's too bad. And then he says, yeah, what, uh, you know, do you live locally? And then Tony and Bob are chipping in. And so I have to keep them going as well. And uh, one of them says he's an invigilator in an art gallery, which I think sounds very fancy until I realize it just means security guard. Um, and the other one's some site manager or something uh, for films and things like that. So he's kind of cool. They're both kind of cool guys, you know. And they're very, very sweet. You know, they, they don't really ask me anything about myself. Um, and that's what the most interesting thing was, that they just... They were just sort of making very, very, very small talk, like tiny, tiny, teeny talk. And they'd never said, what do you do? And I, I didn't realize on my profile it says, because um, it sort of comes off Facebook. But they both started asking me what I was doing here, and I told them all about The Guilty Feminist, which did not put them off, Sophie. I mean, it will when they hear this. Um, <laughs> but then Tom keeps chipping in. It's like, oh, it's really cold out here. And I don't know where I'm going to stay. And, uh, and so eventually I said, look, you know, it's the premiere in. Like, it's not, you know, sexy. And he said, well, as long as it's not the secondary or the tertiary in, which was a terrible pun. And I nearly, do you know what? That was nearly it. I was nearly like, no. And he said, I said, look, I've got a broom and I've got a bed. And, you know, if you, I, I guess I could share it with you. I would hate to think of you out there in the cold. And he said, wow, that would be amazing. And uh, then he, 
I didn't realise he didn't have a key. <laughs> so he messaged me and said, I've got in behind somebody and I've managed to get my way into the main part of the building because you need your key at every level. And he'd sort of broken past security. And then he said, but there was one door before our door and he said, could you come out and get me? And I thought, he's messing with me. Like, he has a key. And he didn't. He, there was one key that was in the light switch. So eventually I worked out he was out there. So I went out and when I opened the door, he was like, Deborah? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then he came in and he was like, oh, it's really it's a nice room. And I was like, it's not, is it? And, and then it was, we just like played out this whole scenario in which he was this strange guy who was wandering around Manchester. Like not weird, just, you know, unknown to me. And, and then I was like, look, I have some spare pyjamas if you want them. <laughs> and he was like, Sure, but, you know, I don't really need pyjamas. I'll just, you know, sleep in my pants. And, uh, and I was like, sure. Well, I guess you should take that side of the bed. And I, I gave him the side of the bed he doesn't normally sleep on to make it seem a little bit more real, you know, a little bit more odd, mysterious, feminine mystique. And, uh, and then he, uh, he just was like, I really liked your picture on Tinder. I thought you were really hot. And then, you know, one thing led to fucking... And it was really, I mean, I'm, no, I'm telling you, I feel like I'm telling you too much now. Am I, am I, telling, am I telling you too much? Yeah. Tom, am I telling them too much? Yes. Right? But yeah, it was really sexy. And actually, if you know me, I'm really sorry. And if you know Tom and me, I'm really sorry. And if you are a really close friend of mine, I just can only keep apologising and say, come back to the show, it's not always like this. But yeah, it was really sexy. And it was more, he was kind of, you know, it was just more exciting than it would normally be because we've been together since the 90s. And he, uh, afterwards, he said, I was like, how was that for you? And Tinder was exciting. He said, honestly, how do people do it? He said, because I was kind of in on a promise. He said, but the endless going back and forth, it was taking so long. And I said, well, I was also talking to Tony and Bob. And he was like, what? And he said, I didn't get any other matches. And I was like, what? And he said, no, I didn't get any other matches. And when we left Manchester this morning, he still had no matches at all. I had loads of matches. I know, and he's hot. I don't know why. And it's a cute picture. And so he said, when we came back to London, he said, I might just swipe right in London a bit just to reassure myself that I'm not untinderable. Um, but today I got a super like on Tinder by this chap. And, and apparently I asked him about it. You can only get one super like a day. So you have to, you have to spend it wisely. And he said, I said, why did you spend it on me? And I, I mean, it's a picture of me with wings on my head and stuff. He said, oh, I just thought you were really hot. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> and he said, well, is there any chance are you just trying Tinder out or like, am I hot? And I went, oh, I'm doing it for a comedy podcast. And then, no, but I, no, but I wasn't saying, you know, I, I was like, anyway, it didn't go through. The message just, it, it was like, God, just, we didn't want me to talk to him anymore. And suddenly the internet went down. So if you're listening, Adam, um, I think you're very handsome and I cannot see you because I met a man last night in Manchester who didn't have a hotel room because he'd missed his train. <clears throat> wow. Wow. <laughs> I, okay. <clears throat> you're, you're glad well, you weren't in the room next door now, weren't you? You're in yeah, the when you, I, to be fair, because I knew you were going to do the challenge and we got the third floor, me and the sound engineer, and then you got the first floor and a bit of me was like, thank God I don't have to be in the next room. Yeah. <laughs> you, we, you we were like, trying to... Do you like my pajamas? Be like, oh no. <laughs> 
you, thank you. The Edinburgh Festival, it's just a weird place. It's like all bets are off. Like men will just come up to you and say, it's, they treat it like the Second World War. Like they basically come up and go, come on darling, let's do it now. We might not be here tomorrow. And, and you have to say, we're not in a bunker. We're at a three week arts festival. This is not an Anderson shelter. Yeah, they genuinely do that. I had a man once get into my cab and I said, oh, did you, sorry, was this your cab? And he said, no, 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 no it's fine. And I said, right, right, well, where, where, where are you going? And he said, back to your place. I had never spoken to this man. I hadn't, but he just thought it's the festival, isn't it? Try it on, try it on. And I was almost too polite to say no. It was very socially awkward, I have to say, to say you can't get out. Um, actually, I did tell him to get out. As he got out, he said, give us a kiss then. And I went, uh, uh, no, no. And the driver said, oh, go on, love. <laughs> Give him a kiss. It'd make his day. Like I was some kind of daymaker. <laughs> Edinburgh daymaker. Give him a kiss. It'd make his day. And then do you know what about the Edinburgh Festival as well? They've never got a bed, those guys. They always want to take you home. And then they go, oh... Oh, uh, 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 can we go back to yours? Because uh, uh, I'm actually dossing on Sam's sofa at the moment. I tell you, do you know what stops people having sex mostly at the Edinburgh Festival? Only one in ten people has a room with a working door. <laughs> it's true. People are sleeping on floors. They're sleeping on sofas. They're sleeping in squats. They're sleeping on the street. They're sleeping in the Pleasant Stone. That is mostly what is stopping people. <laughs> All of that is different from falling in love. Two people falling in love are really just two stalkers who mutually agree not to call the police. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. You're falling in love with someone, you follow them home, you read their texts when they're on the room, you keep their hair in a jar. Thank you. What was your challenge this week, Sophie? My, well, I have, I'm, I'm single. So I, <laughs> I thought I'd make a feminist dating profile. And by feminist, I mean everything we've learned in this, during this podcast. So it had to be unapologetic and feminist. <clears throat> so I had to choose a username. So I chose makes no sandwich. <laughs> Looking for a relationship. Personality type. And you had to choose between like 20 personality types. And feminist wasn't one of them. So I chose rockstar. <laughs> and interests feminism musical theatre that's just that's just true <laughs> sleeping more sleeping lots of sleeping and comedy and then I had to write my profile text which was um, feminist opinionated stubborn intelligent and funny why single you ask it's a mystery to me too <laughs> my career comes first but also sleeping sleeping also comes first <laughs> I am fat because I love food. I love my body and I don't have time for exercise. I also don't have want for exercise. What I'm trying to say is that I don't want to exercise. <laughs> I am bad at taking compliments, but not because I don't agree with them. I do stand-up and I'm good at it. It's okay if you're not funny. Please don't try to be funny unless you're a natural or professional. You wouldn't serve frozen pizza to a chef. <laughs> I am fat, feminist, anti-racist, fat, positive, and left-wing. I'd need you to be all of those. 
And then you have to choose like your first date. <clears throat> so I put, for the first date, I suggest you pay about 22% more of the bill than I do. <laughs> I got a, f- a few, I do mean a few <laughs> answers. Uh, so one guy wrote me this, he said, fat feminist, anti-racist, fat positive and left wing. I like food too, so I guess we have that in common. <laughs> wow. Uh, of all of those things, you're one. <laughs> I guess I like food. So he was racist. Oh, he's all of those. Right, uh, uh, I'm happy to he's say, a, he's most a, racists deny it. They start sentences no, famously I, with, I'm not racist, but. That's how you know they're a racist. That's the guilty racist podcast <laughs> beginning I'm not racist but get out of my country am I right uh, so according to this he's, he must be a thin sexist racist fat hating right winged food lover no then one out of eight guy. ain't bad listen the bar's low out there I found that out on Tinder last night get out there then uh, Dan JC said why 22% more when a gentleman always pays the bill uh, that's awkward, isn't it? But I, so I thought I'd, I'd look around at some profiles and see if there's anything out there. And there were some proper winners there. So there's uh, Lucky Love. This profile was one sentence, and it's uh, two sentences. It's the funniest thing I've ever read. He says, I don't want a girl who only cares about how she looks. The prettiest girls I know are also the ugliest ones I've ever met. <laughs> how is that even a sentence? That makes no sense. He didn't answer back, no. Uh, and then there's, I found like one of the most, I didn't know this existed, right? So this is a profile from Happy Lad 85 <laughs> Right, that's how he starts it, right. Many of you claim to want a Fifty Shades of Grey lifestyle, yet most of you can't even handle a finger in certain places. <laughs> And then he puts in capitals, anyway. <laughs> As if he just had to get it out there. Oh, anyway, I work. My profession is on a need-to-know basis. You know if you need to know. <laughs> then he goes, I do normal guy stuff. Football, drink, and spend time with the lads. Oh. I'm quick-witted. Witted spelled wrong. <laughs> And I have a habit of talking for Britain. So if you want to shut me up, sit on my face. I mean, it's, it's just an offer for all of you guys if you want to. <laughs> Anyways, I have to go. If my boss catches me on here, she'll go party. In, kind of like, I kind of like the boss. I kind of want to go, who's the boss? <laughs> she sounds awesome. <laughs> So I got one email that I decided to answer. It's from B Fine 100 and he said, "Hi, how are you enjoying the winter?" <laughs> I'm not saying it's definitely a copy paste. <laughs> Just update, update, update your general copy. You seem like my kind of lady with nice curves. Here's a little something to get to know you. And then he had like a little questionnaire. So I had to choose between tea or coffee. Teddy bear of flowers, weave of fake nail, <laughs> London Eye or Tate Modern, my favorite movie, and then what makes you weak in a man and your favorite part of you. <clears throat> so I answered. In tea or coffee, I said male tears. <laughs> 
teddy bear of flowers. I said, I would prefer to give you flowers. <laughs> Weave a fake nail. I said, do with your body what you want, be fine. <laughs> London Eye or Tate Modern, the Museum of Women's History. <laughs> Is that a thing? I assumed it was. <laughs> Never been. Fave movie, Suffragette. <laughs> Haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I know I should. Didn't put, I didn't put that. I didn't put that. What makes you weak in a man? I said, I'm not looking for a man to make me feel weak. I'm looking for a man who respects that no matter what a man says or does, I remain strong. Your favorite part of you? My right to vote. Uh, he, he, then he wrote, uh, nothing. He never wrote me back. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Sophie Hagen! Thank you. Uh, we're going to talk about dating tonight, which is fun. Uh, I have little experience in it. N not my choice. Uh, <laughs> I don't have sex a lot. I just don't because it's it's where, how do you, when, how, where, who, who, who. <laughs> that's the most important. Not where. That's never the problem. It's who, isn't it? <laughs> I don't have a queue of men and I'm going, well, but where? <laughs> but I once... So I don't have I don't have sex a lot, which makes it so weird. So when I do have sex, it gets a bit, like, s almost sad. <laughs> because when you don't have it that much, and then you have it, and it's good, you're like, oh, oh no, oh yeah, it's good. Oh. And then you remember that it's not going to happen again for the next, <laughs> like, say, six to eight months. I start looking at the penis like... Like, I'm a soldier, and I'm about to go to war, and it's my fiancé, and I don't know if we'll ever see each other again. Just, we'll meet in an embrace. Just... <sighs> I could stay awake just to hear you breathe. <laughs> I used to do that as a joke. I never actually managed to do it as a joke joke, like in an actual comedy set, because I didn't have an ending for that whole spiel. And I used to go on and on. At the end of that joke, I would put the microphone into my mouth and gag it as if it was a penis. <laughs> uh, don't tell The Guardian, because at the moment they like me. But at that point, that was my like classiest bit, was just to shove a microphone and go... And then go, thank you very much, you've been a lovely audience. I did that once at a comedy night in Angel in, in London. I shoved it in my mouth, gagged, and left the stage to an applause, because that's the kind of audience that goes to this comedy night. And, uh, and I went downstairs with a friend of mine, and, uh, and we were talking about how it's so hard to meet people these days. How do we find anyone? Because uh, it's really hard when you say you're a comedian, and then the, they always get a bit weird about it. So all of a sudden, these two men came up to us and started talking to us. And we were looking at each other like, oh, this is how normal people do it. So when they asked us what we did for a living, we said, oh, students. Okay, I'm lying to you now. I said, I, I study French because... I assumed they'd like that. <laughs> and my friend said she started to be a nurse, and we hoped they wouldn't ask any questions. <laughs> and then we talked to them, and we started flirting, and they seemed interested in, in us. And, in, and it was such a weird experience for us. And, and we were, They were forensic scientists, by the way. <sighs> right? And what would be your first question? How would you kill me, right? <laughs> no? No? Okay, well, that was my first question. 
And it, we hit it off. It was amazing. I was like, this is how I meet my husband. This is how it's going to happen. At, at one point, one of the guys had his arm around me. Then the gig ended from upstairs and the audience started coming down. And one of the audience members saw me. We locked eyes. I quickly looked away, but it was too late. And he walked up to me and my future husband <laughs> and said, oh, my God, that blowjob was amazing. <laughs> All my friends agree. <laughs> and the man's arm just disappeared behind me. And he moved away. <laughs> and I went, no, 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 I'm a comedian. I'm a comedian. And that almost made it worse. <laughs> and uh, and I, I went home alone. Uh, so no, I think it was, I mean, otherwise I would have had to pretend to be French <laughs> for the rest of our lives together. So that and that's probably the most uh, the most positive dating story I have. So I hope you'll enjoy the rest of the show. <laughs> Thank you very much. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. ba 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 Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. You do it, because I'm scared of her name. Ooh, me too. <clears throat> Please, start applauding us the second I start that sentence. Please, welcome to the stage, Roisin Kunitz! Come and stage with my handbag before. <laughs> <laughs> or do you I not trust the audience? audience. I don't trust you guys. <laughs> <laughs> What's your dating situation <laughs> looking? Um, uh, really bad. It's quite. Um, <laughs> even hearing like talking about dating is sort of like like it's like a vegetarian talking about meat. Like I don't know anything about dating. I'm so out of it. I've been single for like nine years. I feel like I'm like outside the patio doors. Just sort of looking in. Like, I don't... I feel very, like, separate from it. But, yeah, I have, I have dated. I've had boyfriend. I've had sex. Um, <laughs> Yay! <yeah. laughs> Thank you. I'm really good at it. What's your experience dating? Do, have you done all the Tinder stuff and all the Match.com? No. I did go on an internet dating site years ago. Like, I registered... I found it quite sad. You know when you see posters of lost cats stuck to trees? Yes. That's what I felt like about all these amazing people. <laughs> and I just thought, why can't we find our people? Why is all these people single? Everyone seemed, I thought everyone seemed really nice. I think people who are in the wrong relationship are the people fucking it up. <laughs> so what they do is, like, you know you try a button wrong on a shirt... So someone stays with the wrong person and fuck up everyone's relationships because no one, they don't put the people back in the pot for everyone. So we're just left going, this guy isn't my guy. But yeah, that's your guy now. I was proposed to by a, a Senegalese guy when I was in Senegal. 
And he said, you, you can be my second wife. And I was a bit like, ah, fuck no, I'm number one or nothing. And then my friend said, no, 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 that's a good thing. Because the first wife is kids and the second wife is love. And I was like, aw. <laughs> oh, this, I'm, the, I'm the good one of the three wives. <laughs> What's I'm, the third one? Uh, sex, I think. No, I'm not sure. But yeah, it was something like that. that they could have three wives and they each had like a purpose. Oh, really? Like, and then, I, I mean, the women got along and they were like having fun because they were like, ugh. We all know about that guy. <laughs> so they were like Sex and the City permanently, with Shh, all sharing yeah. Mr. Big. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, <laughs> People I just, are just like, do not bring Sex and the City into this. <laughs> <laughs> they would never. Um, I love Sex and the City. It gets a really bad rap. It's a really good show. <laughs> it paid, it funded HBO. So it's really good. It's a really good show. And she was the first unlikable character. And it was at a time when it wasn't cool to be unlikable. And she was, was unlikable. Sarah Jessica Parker, that character, Carrie. She, is she in the last series, she was awful. She was fun, she was outrageous. She's highly flawed throughout. Yeah, yeah. but at the time, that was seen as like bad telly. <laughs> they were yeah. like, "This is terrible, kill her, um, <laughs> shoe buying fucker." Um, <laughs> she's not every single woman I've ever met. Kill her. And you're like, it's just one version of women on telly. Like I remember, even myself, going to the city, like, yeah, fucking, as if I'd watched that shit. <laughs> Go home, like, please. And, um, and it was bad. You know, the Mr. Big, I think that was so awful because I think that she got with him at the end. Oh, I, think, I was so could, disappointed. They should have written it that she meets George Clooney. Like, I, like, no, she, no, she I think she, she should have. I think she should have ended up with New York. Mr. Big should have run to her and said, you're the one. And she should have said, you're not. Yeah. New York is the one. And I wanted to see her back there on her own, out there again. And no, then you can no. justify a movie. You're all wrong. And you're then all wrong. You, and then what you run to a movie. What's his name? It was Aiden. No. No way. No way. He wasn't in love with Aiden. And he was like, she should don't have been. smoke. He was that kind of sub, like little passive aggressive, like I'm a good guy, but I, these are my rules. Yeah. Uh, don't yeah. smoke, and you know, he was just a shithead. If someone, if, <laughs> I can't believe I'm getting really. No, I feel like listen, Aiden was the wrong button shirt. Aiden was the miss button yeah, shirt. Totally. He was great for somebody, yeah. but not for her. But what I will say, <laughs> and this is. What? No, I genuinely feel strongly about this. The movies. <laughs> we all, we all the have movies, the worst movies I've ever seen. I'm really devastated by the movies. I wish I'd never seen them because they've ruined the series because they turned out to be such appalling people. When she kisses Aiden and then she runs back and, okay, it's all very Wait, sweet and charming. Aiden. Yeah, accidentally. In, a, in a, the movie. Yeah, yeah, the second he, he's movie. He's back. They, she bumps into him. He's got kids. They have a cheeky oh. snog one night. They've had a few drinks or whatever. And anyway. Is he cheating on his so, wife with her? No, no, it's just a dog, and it's they just dad. go. Ooh, ooh. ooh. Anyway, <laughs> so then, but then she runs back, and she says, "Samantha's in the bus. Get out of the bus. Everyone has to talk about this now." And I just think, okay, this is all very charming when you're like 35 and you can't find the right guy and you can't pay the rent and you've just spent your rent on shoes and all the rest of it. You're 45. You own two Manhattan properties outright. You've lost my sympathy. It's over. What, and if you, by 45, haven't worked out, A, don't stunk people around you, husband, because you can't handle it. Or, um, okay, that's a bit weird. I had a bit of a kiss with an old boyfriend. Okay, process that. That's where you need to be. I'm sorry. I read a great review about the films, and uh, so it, was, it said, watching Sex and the City, and I think it was two. It's like, watching Sex and the City is like meeting old school friends that you've really looked forward to meeting and realising they've turned into absolute cunts. <laughs> And that's what I felt. I watched, I was like, come on, guys, come on. Like, it was. I feel like it's thing. really sad if that's our main experience with dating, is having watched Sex and the City. Do you know what I will say for that show, though? By so osmosis, it allowed us, all of us, to talk about sex. Because even 
people of my mother's generation now, she's never watched Sex and the City, but there is a culture in which we can sit at brunch and talk about a rampant rabbit. Not that I talk about that with my mother, just to be very clear. But there is a culture where sex is on the table in a way that it wasn't. That show was never about sex. It was about friendship. But in all seriousness, who, who are you from Sex and the City? <laughs> <laughs> Let's have it. This Let's is have the most it. flippant episode we've done. <laughs> oh, come on. Okay, we're all thinking it. There are such things. Right? We're all... What are we all thinking? I think it, I think you're Carrie. I think you're Carrie as well. You I know just this got, I'm not because I would not cheat on Eden. Have you not just got yourself a job as a columnist for a Danish a newspaper? Good. Okay, good point. So who are you? Miranda. <laughs> Don't no, say Miranda like it's one. an insult. This, she's a Is career woman. She's assertive. Right. Yeah, no, you're the other one. You're the... the... <laughs> The Charlotte. Yeah, mm. I'm not Charlotte. I'm. Is that I'm the more rude. Yes. Yeah. What? But don't you think it's like we don't see like how when you're a teenager, when you're growing up, where you learn about dating and what romance is and stuff. So much of it is from film and, and stuff like that. How much do you think we've been influenced by movies? Hugely. To to want the. I'm media. single because Tom Hanks is married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I just can't. I'm just, every time I meet him, it's not Tom Hanks. It's just not. Yeah. Have I think you been on any like dates where you thought? This doesn't happen to other people. I hate when I get blindsided because you know normally you do get little red flags and little warnings and you sort of like hold up, yeah, don't know it, you know. And especially if you fancy them, if you're sexually attracted to them, you know, you just it's all like that guy, um, <laughs> and you ignore all of the the sort of signs. But I was at uh, having a, a meal. I don't think it was like a big date, but it was heading for that. You know, we'd been for drinks, something like that. And he was so funny, like he nailed it, like a real charmer. And then out of nowhere, and he wasn't drunk, <laughs> out of nowhere, he had pizza, and he went to put his pizza with, I wish all these pepperonis were your nipples. <laughs> and I looked and I went, <laughs> I laughed in that way to ease the tension, which I really hate about myself, is I, I hate anyone not getting a laugh if they're expecting one. Um, and I went, <laughs> oh no. And then I thought, well, I'll do the face that he can then go like, oh, fucking, that was bad. I do. But he then went... <laughs> I'm miming. Just bit the peat, and I was like, "Oh, we're good. We're done. That's fine." Oh my god, I had a, I had, a, I had a really bad one. It was the first time I've ever met anyone off of like an internet dating site. He was not famous, but he was like public kind of person. He was in a band, so there were interviews with him on the internet. So I could look at how he was, and he was really, he seemed really cool, really great. And then we met up, and I, I'm going to say the first thing he said to me, and it involves a very, 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 very bad word that I don't like saying out loud, but I, this is what he said, and it's horrible, but I'm going to say it twice, because he, he said it twice. And he said, the first thing, before, he, before hello, he said, hey, how come only faggots can say the word faggot? <laughs> As his opener. The, his opener. <laughs> and then we sat down. <laughs> And I thought, how, how can I? I got a businessman in the bar, and all of a sudden he pulls one of the businessmen over, and he goes, so do you want to sleep with me and her? And I was like, what? <laughs> what? And the businessman was like, okay, all right. That really has only happened to you. <laughs> I was thinking you were going to tell some story in which, you know, a guy revealed that he wanted you to sleep with him and his girlfriend or oh, was married well. or... That's happened three times. Are yeah. <laughs> you serious? Yeah. But he, he brought a businessman <laughs> over and said, do you want to sleep with me? Yeah. I can't say this because I don't want to say who it is, but his last name was also a verb and then he had like a tattoo of his last name. He said, I got this tattoo when I was trashing a hotel room in Madrid. And then, because I what know... What an inconvenient time to get a tattoo. I know. <laughs> oh, but he was... You know, have to be very still, I think. 
I can't reach the bloody lamp. <laughs> but it was the wrong translation because I've had Spanish for a few years, and I, I was like, that doesn't mean that. And he was like, yeah, it does. And I was like, no. No, your tattoo is wrong. <laughs> and he was so angry. That was such a horrible thing. I remember just thinking, well, I'll probably die alone. And you know what? It might be for the best. <laughs> the sort of race would be like, you know, the ultimate happiness is from romantic love. And I feel like maybe not everyone's happiness is going to be from that. Maybe it will come from a different thing. And you can still have it or not have it. Because I think it can be really sad if you don't get it, then your life will feel like, oh, I didn't have happiness. But it's fine, guys. <laughs> there's dogs. Well, no, I do think there's a focus. There's a, there's a big focus on dating and finding him. And it's a very big... I have friends I've just stopped seeing because the only thing we talked about was, did you get a boyfriend? Did you date someone? Did you see a guy? Like, and I got sucked into it because, you know, if I haven't seen those friends for like a month, I don't think about it. I just live my life as a normal human being. But then I meet them and all of a sudden I think, oh, I, I haven't had any male interest for a while. Oh, I wonder why. Is something wrong with me? And then that whole thing opens up and I just, I just don't want that thing in my life. It's like people want you to confess something when they talk to you about it. They're like, yeah. And you sort of say, say yes, you haven't met anyone. And they're sort of like, no, I need more. <laughs> and you're like, just, I don't know what you want me to say. I haven't met. And they're like, yeah. And you're like, that's it. That's the story. I try. I go out. I wear lipstick. I do shit. I clean my body. <laughs> I don't know. I curl my fucking hair. I go out. I talk to guys. And if you don't meet someone, it doesn't happen. Then the only other thing is to sort of go into self-loathing mode. And so people sort of chatting to you like in that kind of like oh you're like there's no that I'm doing good I'm all right like it's you know I feel similarly about not having had children yeah I've been through periods of wanting children having fertility treatment which I've talked about before and and I'm now at this point where I'm like there's a lot there's a lot of really nice things about not having children I mean it's you can sleep till lunchtime on a Sunday and then go for a really lovely brunch and get really smashed and do you know what take Monday off because nobody's expecting you to drive them anywhere and it's and you I never have to do the school run like never like not not there's not one day where suddenly oh school run and I think and my holidays I can go to a resort where children are banned I did we did to be fair we did that last time it wasn't very just nice imagine, really. like, well, like just imagine like kids sort of just outside gates like toddlers yeah. with, with fake ID like yeah. oh, I'm mum and dad I'm cold yeah. just children in rags harsh oh, by a mountain there's a danger because that's that whole thing about like if a man is single it's like oh yeah he's just a bachelor and he's oh. where if a woman's single it's like oh no being single used to be really bad because you were basically homeless you know <laughs> like if you're a single woman you know, there's no, you couldn't own a house, you could have a bank account. So, you know, it's still in our genes to be like, oh, men, I need men. And you go, no, no, it's good, you can buy your own house. Good, good, sorry, I forgot that. Uh, <laughs> but, but that takes a long time to shake that shit off, to be like, am I good? And they're like, yeah, you're fine, you can, you can just buy your own house. Can I say, as someone who's been in a relationship for a very long time, I sometimes envy single people. Sometimes I think my single friends, they're out there, they're at parties, they're meeting people, they're hooking up. There's that excitement about, I could meet anyone tonight. So when you go out, you go, I could meet anyone and it could go anywhere. I could just go off to Paris with this man I've just met and my whole life could change. I, I, there's, I, I mean, the idea of that is just so alien to me. I've been seeing, I'm so single. I'm like, what's she talking about? No, I don't I, talk to I, mean, I envy those single people that you're talking about. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> like, wow. You know, there that's is what makes single being single worse because you think these fucking single people out there go to Paris. 
<laughs> I'm sitting here with more chicken than I can eat. <laughs> There's never more chicken That's than I can eat. <laughs> Uh, just, I, uh, can I? Do we just do a little, little, little um with your yeah. eyes shut? Can we do? Do you mind? If you're single, could you just go um? Mm. Okay. Now, if you're single and you're loving being single, just go um. Mm. If you're single and you would rather not be single, you're a bit bored of being single now. Go um. Mm. Okay. If you're in a relationship, <laughs> could you go um? Mm. If you sometimes are a bit bored of being in a relationship and would like to be single, go um. Mm. <laughs> if you're if you're in a relationship and you're never bored of being in a relationship, uh, go hmm. Oh, it's interesting. Oh. So more people in a relationship are bored than not <laughs> is what I heard. Whereas more people, single people, are happy. So that the ratio was interesting. That actually you're more likely to be happy if you're single than it, not necessarily happy, but having an exciting time if you're single than in a relationship. So you guys are on the right side of this table. I think table. the pain uh. of being single, the worst of being single, say the worst when you're really honest and it's lonely. Like, lonely is like the worst word. Mm. You ever say, like, a bit lonely, people are like, fuck that. No, <laughs> I am not signing up for that conversation. It's so vulnerable to go, like, I just feel a bit lonely. It's like, <laughs> just, like, gross. It's like a really horrible word. But, like, loneliness or feeling left out of the loop or, you know, kind of feeling like you're not where you're meant to be in life or having kids, all the things that... But the work, it's not as bad as being in the wrong relationship by a country mile. And I've been in those where you have, it has all of the indicators of the thing you want and yet a part of you is dying and rotting. And, you, and it's awful because your brain takes so long to catch up um, <laughs> with the horror that you're in. Um, <laughs> sorry. I'm, like, I'm doing a bit and I'm trying to just talk honestly and I realise I'm revealing something here I should probably just say this my purpose because uh, <laughs> you know you just want to count now um, but I think that's the thing I think that people sometimes don't they forget that that even if you're if you're in a relationship and you go oh the fear of being single and, and it's never as bad as being in the wrong relationship the last time I, I met with a guy I kind of thought it was a date I didn't know if it was a date and I just really wanted it to be a date and we were getting quite drunk and at, at one point uh, I bring it up in the way I flirt with people, which is going, so should we like make out or something? And he said, "Oh no," and uh, and then I and then I I was in that place of like I know him a bit, so I said, "Can I just ask you, like, why? Like, what is it? Like, why not?" And he said, "Oh well, I don't really feel it." And I was like, "Oh," and I felt really sad. Then he said, "Do you?" And a part of me went, "Oh, I hadn't really thought of that." Yeah. Or in my head, I just thought. There's a man, there's a single man, I'm a single woman, I'm attracted to him, why not? Instead of ever thinking, am I even interested? And that I think that's how you can easily get into a relationship that you shouldn't be in. Because if he'd been like, sure, I'd be like, oh, okay, I guess we're together now and then we'd, <laughs> we're just a couple now. <laughs> well, I'm buying a new hat. <laughs> oh, that's an English expression. Um, <laughs> It means, it means... I was I, like, change the topic, okay? <laughs> um, so, typical married people. Oh, no, oh, no. She's a single person said, I'm, I'm buying a new hat. <laughs> Do we have any questions about dating from the audience? Oh, there's a hand there. There's an American comedian, Aziz Ansari. Does anyone know him? Yes. yes. He's written a wonderful book about dating in the modern world. It's quite funny. And what he talks about is that in olden times, if you will, you would marry someone who was next door or in your town or who lived in your apartment building because that was all there was available to you and you needed to do that in order to have a house and a well-being. 
do you ever think that it would just be so much simpler if we could go back to that rather than having a... <gasps> oh, uh, good question. It's not really an embarrassment of riches because there's no riches. An embarrassment time. of horrors. <laughs> a simpler time where you could just run into some chap on the, you know, in your apartment building and that was it. That was who you ended up with. Or is that also a depressing concept? Can I just say, when I was a Jehovah's Witness... Um, and I was a Jehovah's Witness. Uh, don't panic. I'm not anymore. Don't. I'm not going to wheel out a little cart and lock the doors. Um, I, when I was a Jehovah's Witness, that's how it was done. You were in your local congregation because there's only so many Jehovah's Witnesses. I know it seems like there's a lot of them, but it's, there's, it's a small. Deborah, I, was a, I also once was a Jehovah's Witness. <gasps> I was also. No, I wasn't. <laughs> Talk after. Alright, did, did you know this about me? Is this why you came? No, I, I did, but it's not why I came. You sounded really scared. <laughs> like, and I am oh, they've come to get me. <laughs> Do you ever wish for a simpler time? Was the question from the audience. Do you ever wish you could go back to that time when it was so local and easy and simple? You just married the boy near you, a godly boy. Um, uh, I no. Well, do you you will remember then? Sorry, what's your name? My name's Danielle. Sister Danielle. Um, I'm calling you from the Kingdom Hall. Okay, like literally, Sister Danielle, the microphone. That's going to freak you out so much, isn't oh, it? Because yeah. that's what they do in the Kingdom Hall. You, uh, women are only allowed to speak if they raise their hand, not on the platform. And so they bring a microphone to you to answer a question. So this is really freaky for both of us. Um, so, yeah, when I was a Jehovah's Witness, you married a local boy. And the way that you found a local boy, you know those big conventions that the Jehovah's Witnesses have, like at Twickenham, like at a football stadium? You got so dressed up for those. And everyone planned their outfits. There was three or four days, and you planned three or four great outfits. And then they would go, women and men, would young men and men would parade around under the guise of helping with something or meeting people or whatever. And that everyone was trying to hook up with somebody because that was literally your only option. So my answer to that would be no, that was not better for me. <laughs> it was horrible. And also, no boys were interested in me because I never looked like I would be in subjection. And I, I had feminist values then and I used to get me into a lot of trouble because I'd be like, well, I think men and women are equal. And they'd be like, that really contravenes everything the Bible says and we believe. And no man ever fancied me. It was horrible. And I wasn't kissed till whatever age you think I was kissed at, it was older. <laughs> It's an interesting thing, you know, like when you're at school and the friends, you know, I don't know if many of you have still friends. I've got friends I've had since I was like, you know, 10 and they're like my best friends. And it's just the proximity, you know, you're like, they're the best people I ever met. And you go, well, they're just very close to me in a classroom. <laughs> you know, kind of. So I do think it's what you were saying. And I feel like proximity, you know, breeds intimacy and you can have that. And I think we have much more pseudo intimacy with a lot of things now, you know, like online and you have all this sort of chatter and noise but I don't think you have to you don't have to commit maybe what well, I don't like the idea I think there's a nostalgia for those times like you know nightclubs are closing down and I'm not sad about that because uh, <laughs> they're horrible places and they always were but I think that's the initial way you used to go and sort of do the your collating of boys and men that you liked or girls or whatever you're into you know kind of and now you can do that a bit online you can sort of line them up a bit and know at least I mean, I don't know if it's making us happier, but I, uh, I don't know if people who settled down in those small towns were necessarily happy just because they were like, well, there's Bill, he lives two doors away. What am I going to do? I can't afford a travel card, so. You know? <laughs>
Like, I think, yeah, I think it's quite a, and it's an interesting time, I think, for humanity. My friend of mine, um, uh, she's very young though, she's like 23, 24, and I thought she's straight. In my head, she's straight, she's all been out with guys and she had a heartbroken. And then she went on a dating website and she said, oh, I'm going to meet some girls as well. And I was like, meh. Like, don't go to, you know, in my head, in my old, you know, not cool head, I was like, are you gay? And she was like, I don't know. And I was like, you know, and you know. <laughs> like, that's sort of the rules, you know, having no idea. And then she said, no, well, I'm 99% of the guys I meet, I don't fancy. <laughs> so why have I ruled out 50% of the human race? Like, just gone like, well, I don't fancy girls. I haven't met 99% of, you know, and it's kind of, it's a logic that makes sense. You go like, well, I think younger people are much more into going, well, I'll go and see who's out there. Like, you know, they don't have the same boundaries. Right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> uh, I, I'm just going to rephrase that uh, do you want to can we find you on Tinder is what we're asking yeah I've got 10 different profiles depends what you're into no I um, <laughs> if you want for sex go no um, I imagine we just had loads I love the idea of me having that life rather than mine I, don't. I, had, I had to get um, I had to get like an extra Facebook profile to get Tinder because I was blocked from Tinder with my actual Facebook <laughs> <laughs> so I used it to plug my show People were like, hey, and I was like, hey, you want to meet me? I'll be at the Voodoo Room at 715. And Tinder blocked really me smart. forever. Tinder blocked you for Tinder advertising your me. show at the Voodoo Rooms. Yep. The Voodoo Rooms do sound sexy, though. Right? I would meet someone at the Voodoo Rooms. Some, someone did. <laughs> and we're disappointed. Because <laughs> they, they didn't know the would... other people there. <laughs> and me with a microphone saying, just stop talking, I'm doing a show. <laughs> wow. I, I'm not I'm not gigging really. I'm writing a sitcom and uh, um, yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's good. <laughs> Pictures <laughs> no. So Sheen uh, complimenting right. myself. Uh, so, Sheen, pitch it I'd like you now to pitch it like a man would pitch it. Okay, yeah. Um, there's a pilot online called Game Face. I made it a couple of years ago and it's sort of about a woman who's single <laughs> um, and she's sort of early 30s at a point in her life where she's a failed actress where it's sort of a bit like whether she should sort of change her life. It's funnier than that. Um, and so, it's, yeah, it's just sort of that kind of a sitcom. And so there's a pilot online. Are you now making a series? I'm making a series, <gasps> yes. I'm making That's a series. That's so exciting. Thanks, guys. Like I say, I'm just writing it at the moment. Really exciting. Uh, <laughs> there's no just. There's too many justs and just like that. You're making a sitcom. Who are you making it for? Uh, Channel 4. You'll make a sitcom for Channel 4. That's amazing. Thanks, guys. We are very excited to watch that. We're yeah, and I'm doing, I'm doing another series of Man Down as well, so I'm, doing, I'm, I'm on, on Channel 4 a bit this year. Are you, are you going to be in the, the, the sitcom for Channel 4? Yes, yes, I'm the lead. <laughs> Imagine writing a sitcom and not putting me at the absolute centre. Uh, so you're going to be the Carrie Bradshaw of the sitcom? <laughs> yeah, she's, not, she's the sort of antithesis in, in her life, that she's poor and stuff. Deborah, do you have anything to plug? Oh, yes, I do. Um, I'm on tour with a show called Deborah Francis White Rolls the Dice, and also I write for Standard Issue magazine. Why don't you find me there? And I have a new panel show that's going to be on the 14th and 15th of May and the 28th and 29th of May at a central London venue. It's going to be in the at late afternoon, like a matinee, so you can come and have some drinks, still go off to your party afterwards. It's going to be brilliant. It's called Global Pillage. And you can find it at globalpillage.net. Sophie Hagen, do you have anything to plug? Thank you. I, no. <laughs> I also write for Standard Issue Magazine, uh, which you should go and check out. I'm on Twitter at Sophie Hagen. And you're going to do and, Edinburgh? Oh, I'll probably be in Edinburgh. <laughs> for What's your called? Ooh. Sophie Hagen uh, in Edinburgh. It's called <clears throat> Shimmer Shatter. <gasps> Shimmer nice. Shatter. 
Is it? <laughs> what does that mean in Danish? Well, sh- I have to change it right now, apparently. No, no, I'm saying it just <laughs> yeah, shimmer shatter. Shimmer shatter. I like it. At first, I hated it. <laughs> Instinctively, I was like, is that quantum print? And then I was like, no, I like saying it. Shimmer shatter. Shimmer nice. shatter. And if you like, and if you like the Guilty Feminist, uh, please go to our Facebook group called the Guilty Feminist Podcast. Go and find us on Twitter at Guilt Fem Pod, or go to our new Instagram account, which is at the Guilty Feminist. Or please go to iTunes and give us a five star rating. Please yeah, do that. Do no, have to that's give a five star please rating. Please give us a five rating. Something you think it <laughs> Just give it a rating. No. Of any rating give at us a all. Five st- no, not any no. rating. No, you don't. We would like you five to. Star. Give, it give us any rating. Sure. Five stars or fuck off. Yes. Sorry, Marta. Yes. That's yes. how you should have pitched your sitcom. It's like Edinburgh. Yeah, okay. okay. If you give me a three, get out. <laughs> you have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with Sophie Hagen, me, Deborah Francis-White, and our special guest, Roisin Panati. The recording engineer was Chris Sharp. The producer was Tom Salinsky from the Spontaneity Shop. Thanks to Johanna, Martin, David, and everyone at the Museum of Property, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. I don't know if I pronounced, Good, happy with I don't know if I pronounced Roisin's name correctly. Roisin, how do we say your name? Did yeah. I? Did I? Cool. I just get right. so scared. In the run-up, I just went. I, this could be anything. This could be. I almost okay. said Ramesh Ranganathan. <laughs> I just. I panicked. I panic about names. Names if I if they're not spelt absolutely phonetically, I panic. And it's because I've got a long name that everyone always gets wrong. So I just. Well, I, I use Ramesh Ranganathan, which is the name that everyone gets wrong all the time. I know, <laughs> but you know what? Nail. I didn't think about it. And then you can do it. If uh, if Ramesh Ranganathan had been here, I would have called him Nish Kumar. <laughs> Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.